Welcome to this week's Energy Day Review, featuring your hosts, Lee and Reed. Why'd you... We're riding high on the energy. Reed, what you drinking today? I didn't get an energy drink today. You didn't drink an energy drink today? <laughs> no. I already... <laughs> No, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, yesterday I had that fucking, uh, I forget what it, Mango Loco. That shit, Mango Loco. That shit was, like, easily top three energy drinks I've ever had, probably. Also, if, uh, if Proud and Powerful ever has to change their name, Mango Loco <laughs> would be a pretty good tag team. I dig it. Uh, yeah, that one's great. Uh, the Pipeline Punch and the uh, the Pacific Punch, also great Monster Energy drinks. Monster Energy drinks. But all of them... <laughs> not, not an ad. All of them yeah. don't even fucking compare to the king of all energy drinks so and that's goddamn rockstar fruit punch i mean it's great but uh i've had that fruit punch flavor man i can't deal with it in uh in energy drinks anymore like pacific punch once in a while if it's nice and cold because just it's just a heaty treat at that point uh no i i just i couldn't disagree more (laughs) lee i couldn't disagree more i like Fuck, if we're talking about flavors you can't have more than once, it's original Rockstar or Monster. Both of them are just like, what the fuck? What is this? That's what energy drinks used to taste like. Yeah. You, you wanted to know you were drinking something that was bad. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. Anyway. <laughs> you wanted to get a... <laughs> <laughs> Join us next week for the Energy Drink Review. Thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast. Uh, your host this week, as aforementioned, uh, myself, Lee, and Reed. Yeah. <laughs> Now we're going to talk about video games. Reed, what have you been playing? Uh, I have... Man, I'm like the most boring person to talk to about what I've been playing lately because it's still just like Skyrim, Morrowind, and Warzone. Um, Nothing has really changed, but everything has changed. Um, I'll tell you what's changed. Uh, Me and you will be back uh, in the office next week and recording... Face to face, six feet apart. Hell yeah. We're going to be a safe distance. I'm going to get back to playing New Vegas so we can actually get that rolling because that shit just works better in person, I feel like. Uh, yeah. You know, and exciting things are happening. Last of Us 2 is coming out soon, so that's going to be neat. Yeah, man. Did you catch that 20 minutes state of play or you just do media blackout? No, kind of I stuff? usually do media blackout. It's not usually intentional. It's usually just because I'm like, ah, whatever, who gives a fuck? Like, I'm going to play the game. It's not because I'm like, Ooh, I want to. I want to be open to the experience. I'm just usually like, no, I'll just fucking play it, and it'll be way better. That you're way. gonna play it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'll... wasn't that kind of the? Wouldn't that kind of be the point of trailers and extended gameplay looks? Is just like, I'm not sold on this. Show me some of yeah. it. Yeah. But if you were like already like, oh, yes. there there is a Last of Us two. I'm yeah. Good. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Like I I'm already set on Last of Us two. I'm already gonna buy it. You don't need to show me anything else beyond that. So I'm not gonna look into anything else because I'm already sold. I'm not so obsessed to the Jeez. point where I need to absorb every piece of media surrounding it. So, you know, it's just like God of, what we had with God of War. I'm like, God of War? Great. I'm buying it. Don't need to know anything about it. So I went into it completely blind, and it wasn't particularly intentional. And I think I think everything worked out better that way. Sure. Yeah. Uh, did you find anything new in either Skyrim or Morrowind? You're spending so much time with them. I assume you are experiencing some aspect of those games for the first time. Um... <laughs> That's, that's no. Yeah, that's hard to say because I've played so much goddamn uh, Skyrim. Morrowind, everything is new because I've never played it before. Um, Morrowind is, it's just so hard to keep going back into it because it's, uh, lots of it is a very tedious game. It's, 
It's a lot of going back and forth and just bribing people. I don't know how the fuck you'd get through this game with no money. Like that's how you that's how you pass lots of checkpoints in the story is just making sure certain characters are dispositioned in a friendly way towards you. Grease and palms. Yeah, and the only easy way to do that in any reasonable amount of time is to fucking pay them. And it's just I don't know. It's complicated. Skyrim is. I've had a very frustrating experience. This week, where the unofficial patch on PS4 or Xbox One or PC, it actually fucks with the Thieves Guild quest line, specifically with Delvin and Valerie and uh, how you get extra shops and how you essentially get 100% of the Thieves Guild quest line. And I must have done like 60 jobs for them while I only really needed to do about 20 of them. And the yeah. shit wasn't popping, so I had to uninstall and delete like six pa- uh, mods from my game before it started working again. And that was incredibly frustrating. Uh, Warzone is still goddamn great. Um, still having fun with it. There's not much else to talk to talk about in regards to Warzone besides that. Uh, Activision, fix Thankfully. your fix your goddamn yeah. servers. There's at least one person a day that just can't play for some reason. They're just like, yeah, I just keep getting disconnected. Dude, the short straw. Yeah, it's it's fucking ridiculous. Um, well, they're probably being pounded, man. Like until until people really start getting back to work in a in a big capacity, I'm sure yeah, I, a free to play Call of Duty game is just. <laughs> yeah. I really should play other video games. I I don't know what's wrong with me right now. I guess I'm just kind of stuck in a mood. Uh, That's fine. Yeah, you know it's okay to be in a mood. Yeah. yeah. What are you playing, right. Lee? How about you? <laughs> uh, so I've been bouncing around. All over the place. I'll tell you what I haven't been playing, and that's Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I plan to get back to this yeah, weekend. Yeah, you need to. Uh, like, man, we, we got... Yeah, been playing some New Vegas <laughs> here and there. Uh, I've been continuing to play through Final Fantasy IX. Uh, I'm at Gizmaluk's Grotto, uh, which you, you get through that, and then you find the Kingdom of Burmesia, which is where the first disc ends. Uh, and that's only... A f- it's it's only four or five hours into the, uh, into the game. Yeah, it's a good uh, so, yeah, four or five and... hours, though. It's very well-paced. So uh, you do the hunting thing. So when you get to Limbom, the, the the so I'm remembering this as uh, when I last played this game, which let's be honest could could very well be 2005 when uh, that meme you were talking about earlier took place. Uh, but I remember the part where you have to do the hunt, and I'm like, how does this come about? And uh, it it is out of nowhere. Suddenly they are teasing this idea that they're going to release all these beasts into the town, uh, and then you kill them for points. And, uh, you know, certain people will be entered in this contest. And when it comes around, it's just assumed that the main characters will participate. Uh, and this is when Zidane asks for 5,000 gil, which is a joke because you can fight two battles outside of town and make 5,000 gil. Uh, Freya asks for a add-on. So it's actually in your best interest to let Freya win. Uh, and then Vivi asks for a card. Uh, and the thing is, you have the three times speed. So I'm like, oh, I'll be laughing. But the cool thing about the three times speed is it doesn't affect the in-game clock. Uh, so the seconds on the clock are not t- uh, ticking away three times faster. Really? The game is just moving three times faster. Well, that's a little... Uh... Uh, so, you're, so you're like, playtime and stuff is accurate, only Zidane is moving around the map like fucking Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> uh, so you have 12 minutes to do this hunting thing. I'm just sitting there, I'm like, I remember this sucking, and I don't know why. And I realized what it is. I killed every single monster and had 10 minutes to go. And uh, other than killing yourself, which at, well, at that point you can't because there's no monsters left, uh, you just have to wait for that time to expire for them to announce <laughs> you the winner. Granted, you went and fought the boss uh, and stuff like that. But that game's still fucking great. I got Quina. Uh, I was talking to you earlier this week about some of the weird cutscenes in that game that 
some of them are kind of dead ends or just leaving you breadcrumbs like Vivi uh, running into that queue in the marsh there and being like, oh, you look like Grandpa. And the guy's like, that bigot? Wait, no, I don't know who he is. Uh, and not getting any clear answers there. Uh, Quina, uh, I, you know, controversial party member, but that blue magic, man, when you get Mighty Guard that early in the game, the boss fights just become a joke. Uh, and she gets a lot of really interesting magic spells uh, that I enjoy. So that's Final Fantasy IX. Let's talk about new games, though. Uh, so What the Golf came out on Nintendo Switch. <laughs> and uh, what this game... The first two... So this is like a kind of a puzzle golf game, let's say. The first two levels of this uh, introduce you to the mechanics, which are simply you aim where you are shooting with the left stick, and then you have the A button, which is your, like, power up your shot. Uh, if you've played a golf game ever in your fucking life, you know what I'm talking about. Those are the only controls in the entire game. Is it better or, first is two, it better or worse than Wii Sports Golf, though? Uh, it, so, here's the thing. After the first 30 seconds, it's no longer a traditional golf game. Uh, the first two levels you pass uh, seem like you are a guy hitting a ball with a club, and that's great. On the third level, you go to swing the club, and instead, your guy starts flinging himself towards the hole. Uh, <laughs> and after that, it's fucking pandemonium. Uh, so, you go through this golf lab, it's called, uh, and there's multiple worlds, and you're trying to work your way through this down into this lab. Uh, and each individual world is uh, somewhat themed, has a different gimmick going on, or is themed after an existing video game. So, there's an entire world in this. Uh, where it's based on, like, portal and portal physics uh, and dealing with a companion cube. Uh, there's another one that's, like, super hot, etc. There's one that's the Mario Brothers, obviously. Uh, and the mechanics stay the same. So you're always just aiming where you're going to hit whatever it is you're going to hit uh, and then powering it up and trying to, uh, you know, there's different objectives. Sometimes it's just, hey, hit the hole. Now it's, hey, hit the, hit the flag uh, with this many par. And then the uh, third variant you unlock for each level is usually something that's just kind of fun and goofy. Uh, there's everything in this game uh, using these mechanics from actually hitting a ball into a hole like golf uh, to driving a car, driving a rocket, being a little kid, kicking a soccer ball around. Uh, it's very imaginative. It's very cool. A lot of fun. Uh, there is a party mode that you can play with multiple people. Uh, I'll, however, just passing the controller back and forth uh, and completing levels in this thing is a lot of fun. It is on sale currently. I think like five bucks off on Switch. It's only twenty around twenty bucks anyway. So I highly recommend What the Golf. And it's not only on Switch. I believe it is on other platforms. Uh, at very least PC as well. So What the Golf. Check that out. It's it's cool shit. Um, now we have to talk about Minecraft Dungeons. <laughs> we gotta. We gotta. <sighs> We, we have to. Uh, so the thing I have played most this week is Minecraft Dungeons. It's out as of Tuesday. There is no physical release of this game yet, which is strange as it bears the Minecraft name and that just prints money. Uh, but it is on Game Pass, meaning I didn't have to pay a goddamn thing for this thing. Uh, I believe as a package, it is a $39.99 product, so half price. This is Microsoft Game Studios' first Minecraft in-house developed game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, of course, they acquired the Minecraft IP from Mojang, Mojang, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and this is their first uh, venture into into expanding the world of Minecraft outside of the Telltale games that already exist. So, uh, you know, I don't know how deep you are on the Minecraft lore. Have you even played Minecraft? <laughs> the Minecraft lore? Um, <laughs> yeah, I played, like, a little bit. Like, I would say probably under 20 hours total. Um yeah, that's about it. I I built some shit. Alright, so so Minecraft Dungeons, uh, it would be reductive to call this game Diablo for Babies. Uh, but it, it kind of ebbs and flows in and out of that, and I'll explain why. But first, so the game sets up a story. Uh, much that was once was, was is lost. Uh, for now, none that live who remember it. 
So it began with the forging of the great rings. Three were given to the elves, immortal, wisest, and fairest of all beings. Seven to the dwarf lords, great miners, craftsmen of the mountain halls. And nine, read, nine rings were gifted to the race of men who above all else desire power. power. For within these rings was bound the strength and the will to govern each race. Uh, but they were all of them deceived, for another ring was made, read, deep in the land of Mordor, in the, the fires, fires of Mount, Mount Doom. Doom. The, the Dark Lord Sauron forged a master ring, and into this ring he poured his cruelty, malice, his malice, and, all... and his will to dominate all life. <laughs> anyway, uh, there is a cube in a cave, and it's evil. And a guy finds it, and he becomes the, uh, the, the ruler of the lands, is basically what wow. happens here. Uh, I don't know if in the Minecraft lore, the illagers have been previously uh, introduced. I don't know if they're from the Telltale game, games I obviously didn't play. Uh, but there is a race of villagers in this game that are bad. And they're referred to as the Illagers. The shortest, most Napoleonic of them Man, they just have, finds this orb. They have sick beats and rhymes. They're the illest. Yeah, they're, they're sick. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this guy's got this thing, and uh, it's powerful, and he can uh, summon monsters. And so you're kind of dealing with the uh, the established... Minecraft world enemies uh, gear, the look of it, of course, looks like Minecraft. It's played from an isometric point of view, like a Diablo. Uh, so at the beginning of the game, it, you are basically just a nameless hero. You make your character. Uh, your class is defined sort of by the enchantments you get along the way, of which you can equip three. So if you want to be a healer or a mage, uh, your gear is what determines that, not necessarily a, any kind of skill tree. Uh, as you level up, you get these things called like enhancement nodes. Uh, they can be recycled if you salvage your gear, but you do have a finite number of them at any one time. Uh, so if you're like, oh, I really want to keep this old sword, but I want to try this new sword, you eventually do have to make the choice uh, to get those those enchantments back by salvaging. Uh, so you start playing this game, and there's a bunch of different levels. Every time you go into a level, there's a narrator that explains, this is what you're doing here, this is how it's going to... Uh, help in your fight against the Illager, go for it. And of course, all the different uh, areas are varied. Uh, it's laid out like a Diablo dungeon. Obviously, you have an objective marker that you can just beeline to, or you can explore further to get more loot. Uh, and it is a loot game. You're picking up weapons, armor, money, uh, stuff like that. You have a base camp that isn't much to talk about other than there are vendors there that you can randomly roll for new gear, which sucks. Uh, it's, that's the kind of game it is, though. It's a loop game, so it's like, oh, I have this many rubies. Time to barf them into this guy's bag <laughs> and see what enchantments he gave me. Uh, you can play the game online, offline, with friends. Uh, all that kind of stuff you would expect is there. Uh, the weapon variety is uh, is more than what's in the standard Minecraft. So you have spears, swords, all kinds of stuff like that. The difficulty, every time you go into a level, you have the option to set the difficulty higher than your current power level or lower than your current power level, which affects the rewards. Nothing really new there uh, in terms of a run-based game. Um, however, uh, I don't know if this changes later, but I seem to be maxed out of difficulty. So from the get-go, I just played it on the, the maximum difficulty it would allow me. The only thing that changes with the difficulty is the amount of enemies the game throws at you. Uh, and sure, sometimes you can be swarmed. Uh, I've died, quote-unquote, in the game, of which you have extra retries. I've never gotten a game over where I've had to restart a level other than one time where I went in a direction I wasn't supposed to and the game actually locked me out of the ending, but that's fine. Uh, and, and because of this, because this difficulty caps out and at a certain point, the gear I'm getting is all going to be capped and I'm really just, you know shaking the uh, the Scrabble tile bag, so to speak, and seeing what comes out. Uh, at a certain point, there's no point of exploring the dungeon properly unless I really want money. So everything I do in that game now is just beelining to the exit, killing all the enemies, grabbing the loot along the way. 
Uh, and in that way, much like a Destiny or something like that, it's really just knocking down a checklist of things. And uh, it's, it, you know, when I called it Diablo for babies, it's kind of what I'm getting at. It's very simple. There's very little on the outside of just doing runs through these dungeons, beating up enemies. The combat isn't particularly uh, great. Uh, you have your weapons, your main weapon, which is on A. You have a ranged weapon at all time, which is on the trigger. Uh, and like I said, there's enchantments on these weapons. They come with random rolls of enchantments that you invest in. The enchantments themselves are very neat. Uh, there's one for bows called Growth, where the longer your arrow travels through the air, the bigger it becomes. And when you uh, pair something like that with it makes a poison cloud 30% of the time... Uh, 30% of the time you are shooting this giant building-sized arrow that turns into a giant poison cloud. That's fun. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of where the game got difficult in the middle, uh, where I'm like, oh, there's actually a lot of variety here in how you can build your character and what enchantments you use. Uh, but really, you're just kind of equipping what gets you from point A to point B the quickest. Uh, there's a mechanic in the game uh, with soul items. Basically, you build up a meter based on enemies you're killing, which, let's be honest, is the only thing you're doing anyways, uh, so I highly recommend you use soul enchantments and armor that gains you more souls because as of last night, uh, I was doing runs on hard mode and I'm I'm cranked the difficulty as high up as I can. I am fucking untouchable uh, in that game now. I gain souls at such a rate with this sword and armor I have uh, that I basically have this explosion tome. Uh, so all I need to do is run through this dungeon and as long as there's enough enemies around me at any one time and I hit I, I hit that explosion, I can just keep exploding all the way through the dungeon. Um, and the, it's kind of trivial now and kind of fun and funny in a, in a new way. Prior to that, I had a Kamehameha that also used the soul meter. Uh, so there's some fun stuff to be had there. And if you were looking for a Diablo game, that's a little more friendly, uh, family friendly to play with your kids, uh, or to, you know, screw around with, with, a with a significant other or something. Uh, this is fine. There's nothing wrong with Minecraft dungeons. It's just crazy that this IP that's a uh, top five IP on the planet right now. Minecraft is ubiquitous, uh, that they wouldn't include, uh, some aspect of the building or destructibility from that game. You can't even, like, design your camp or edit it, or at least I can't in the part in the game where I'm at. And I'm pretty late in. I think I have two more levels, and I've beaten the, the main campaign. Uh, so I've played the shit out of this game <laughs> this week, and it's fun. Yeah, uh, that was a lot of time devoted to Minecraft dungeons. Listen, we haven't had a new game to talk about, <laughs> and uh, I, have, I haven't bought uh, Maneater. It's been sitting in my cart on Xbox all week. Uh, Maneater is an open-world game where you play as a shark. Oh, and you just eat people, and it's uh, it's pretty great. <laughs> Neat. Oh, the violence is both visceral but also over the top, kind of in a Mortal Kombat way. And this shark can jump on the beach and like slide around and eat motherfuckers who are like trying to catch some rays. Pretty, pretty good shit. Uh, Reed, let's talk quickly about some of the news of the week, and then send these people home next week. Of course. Uh, the plan will be that uh, Public Beta Podcast returns on Wednesdays uh, with talk about New Vegas. So look forward to that. And we'll wrap that up at the end of the show as well. So we already talked about the last of a state of play. Uh, in addition to the state of play, of course, uh, PlayStation will be holding a huge event next Thursday. It'll be at 9 p.m. BST, which is 3 p.m. CST for us. Read, uh, they are uh, saying Sony is to unveil, unveil new games in hour-long presentation. I believe this will not only be third-party games, but maybe some of the first-party games. Uh, will we see the God of War sequel? Probably not. Uh, but they're going to show us some stuff, detail some parts of the console. I don't know if this is them revealing the price of the console or what. But consider, we are uh, two weeks away from what would have been E3. So a lot of these companies probably had a game plan around this time uh, to start really going for each other's throats and making the big announcements before these new consoles come out. 
Uh, are you an early adopter? Are you someone who will go out and buy the PS5 on launch, or do you need to wait for games? Um, it depends. I've traditionally waited till there's a game out that I wanted to buy to buy it. Um, but when the PS4 came out, I did get that not on release, but a couple months after when there was there still wasn't any particular games out for PS4 that I wanted. Um, but I just wanted a PS4, so I'll probably get this, if not release, fairly soon afterwards. Um, the part I'm hearing about the console is that Sony's having a really hard time finding a price for the console since it's so expensive to make. I'm hearing 600 yeah. 700 you know, it's, uh, that's... The benefit of the PS5 and the new Xbox as well is, is their focus on the compatibility with things you already own. Yes. The issue with the PS4... Uh, was there was nothing to fucking play on it for the first, let's be honest, year, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Like, you got Killzone, you had the Rezo Gun, which are fine games, don't get me no, wrong. No, but it, it was uh, a But wh- it took a little while. Yeah, for... it was a while till like, Bloodborne and shit came out. Right. So there was almost a year where you were better off with the PS3. Like, the PS4 had nothing to offer. So to adopt something early that's going to be that expensive, at least... If it's going to be up and playing your PS4 games better than ever, you know, Last of Us 2 will run better on it, uh, Cyberpunk, etc. If, et uh, if it's quiet, yep. unlike my current PS4, which sounds like a fucking jet engine, then I'll absolutely get this PS5. Well, it can't be fucking louder. Also, with a solid-state drive, there's less moving parts, so less things to get hot. Good, good, goddamn. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you uh, you got unlucky. I bought my Pro very late. Like, my, my regular PS4 sounds like a jet engine. Like, it sounds like it's going to take off. But the Pro I have is nice and quiet. No, my, uh, the my Xbox Pro, is, X my Pro used to be quiet as fuck, and now it's, oh, it's, it's so loud. It's fucking nuts. Have you ever dusted it? Yes, I dusted it. I took off the top. I fucking took <laughs> uh, compressed air, and I blew out all the dust, everything. Blowing out the dust helped for, like, a good hour, and then it was right back just being like... <laughs> Like, just way too much. You all know what a fan like, sounds like. It gets so bad when I'm playing, like, <laughs> Call of Duty that I couldn't imagine playing that game without a headset on. Because it would just be constantly in your shit. As well. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of backward compatibility, uh, they've announced the Xbox Series X will add HDR and 120 frames per second support to older games. So you can just throw up while you play, like, something for the 360 or some shit. Anyway, uh, both... Companies are approaching the next generation in very similar but very different ways. Xbox is trying to convince everybody that it will be a seamless handoff, that you will buy this new console, and all of your games you are currently playing will already be on there. Games that you buy on the Xbox One will seamlessly be enhanced on the next console, whereas the PS5 is drawing lines. They are saying, while your stuff you are playing now will be compatible, the stuff that's coming out next will be PS5 only, and it will look next-gen. Uh, So we'll kind of see what they mean by that next Thursday, June 4th. And until then, of course, the day after our podcast, we have to wait six days to talk about it. But uh, fuck it anyway. We're going to have lots to talk about now that we're going to be back in person anyway. And now that we want to get the the New Vegas shit going again. Yeah, if you want to step back into World War II, uh, PlayStation Plus in June will have Call of Duty World War II for free. Uh, Also, Star Wars Battlefront 2. If you want to rediscover your fandom, read. No, I already have that game. It's not bad. It's not a bad game, actually. <laughs> uh, no, it was never a bad game. It was everything on the periphery of that game that made it controversial yeah, they and they actually uh, did, like, I don't want to say, like, they pulled, like, a Final Fantasy uh, uh, 14 or anything, but they turned it around in some respects, definitely. 
the original Final Fantasy XIV was really fucking awful uh, by comparison. Whereas I played Star Wars Battlefront II a little bit at launch. I played the first one a lot more. Uh, but at a certain point, I just I was over Star Wars. <laughs> uh, and if you're over the sounds and, and sights of Star Wars, that's not the game for you. But if you are into those things, that's one of the best games for you. Uh, all right. That's going to kind of do it for this week, man. Uh, this is going to be the last quarantine podcast for quite a while. Uh, the plan currently is uh, Sultans of Slam will record Monday face-to-face. We'll talk about AEW Dynamite. Uh, and then I will record a segment about the Big Show Show and Total Bellas separately, both of which uh, are almost done. I'm almost free of that coil. Uh, Wednesday will be the return of Public Beta Podcast with a segment on New Vegas. And then that Friday next week, June 5th, Sultans of Slam will return to its normal night, and we will talk about AEW Dynamite that has yet to take place. That's the plan. Reed, you got that schedule? Got it written yeah, down? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Did you watch uh, AEW Dynamite? No, I, I got it like, tonight or sometime this week. I'm busy as fuck tomorrow, though. I'm going golfing, and then there's UFC. So. Oh, my God. Sunday. Sunday, maybe. Butcher and Blade. Butcher and Blade jobbed to FTR, and they weren't even in a match. Man, that's what I like to hear. Now I got it's FTR mu- showed up to interrupt a Young Bucks match, and somehow Butcher and Blade, who were not involved with the match, b- b- fucking that's much that's that's <laughs> must see TV that's, right there. That's our boys. You got to watch it. Uh, yeah, so we'll talk about that then. Uh, as always, if you want to interact with the show, you can leave a comment anywhere you see this posted at Tits Iceberg on Twitter. Uh, Lee at TitsIceberg.com is my email. Send us questions and topics as you see fit. Uh, if that is all, read. We will talk to these fine people next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's three podcasts in five days. So buckle up, motherfuckers, because we're back. Hell yeah. Yeah. Thanks for signing up. We'll talk to you again next right, week. See ya.